Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The biggest football games of the season are coming, and Bet Rivers is introducing new parlay features just in time for the playoff push. For your next bet, Try a multi-game parlay and combine bets across games to make your perfect combo. Combine player props, game bets, and even different same-game parlays into one multi-game parlay. Make your parlay today at BetRivers. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com to place your bet. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by BetRivers. Hey, it's Holden with VEASAN. It is the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I will be hosting from 8 to 10 Eastern, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern on the Mothership on VEASAN coming up on Sunday. That'll be for the next few weeks as I preview the wild card round and we'll go right through the NFL playoffs. We'll be talking about that. But today we've got Nick Ferguson, local talk show host with the fan, of course, former Bronco, former Jet, uh, big fan of Nick's. And I'll give you a little, uh, a little taste of a Nuggets bet tonight. But first, I want to go back and recalibrate the odds on who I think is going to be the Broncos' next head coach. And this is going to change daily. And I think it's kind of a fun exercise. And Thursday, I'm going to have uh, one of the big odds makers at Bet Rivers join me. And we'll go through these odds and we'll see how they come up with them and if I need to adjust mine. But here we go. Um, again, what are the Broncos looking for? You got George Payton saying leadership number one. Okay, that's big. Um, let's get into the nine, nine times, nine men that the Broncos have now scheduled an interview for. Nine candidates in all. 
Here's their last names. Quinn, Hackett, Moore, Dable, Bienemy, O'Connell, Glenn, Gannon, Getze. All right, so you don't know probably the last three guys, but we'll get into this uh, right now. So here's an interesting note, though. I want you to know this. Under a change in the Rooney rule back in 2020, any team that ends up having a minority assistant leaving to get a head coaching job gets two compensatory picks. Does that matter for the Broncos? Not really. It, it doesn't because they don't have to give anything up. But it is interesting. It's kind of an incentive, an incentive to get minority coaches to bring them up through your system and then get them head coaching jobs elsewhere. Just something to think about when it comes to head coaching gigs. But uh, let's go with this. Here's the nine options. And I go from what? Plus 400 all the way to plus 150 on Dan Quinn. So at my sports book, the Holden Bet River sports book, you should have gotten in yesterday. Uh, plus 150. Cowboys defensive coordinator, former Falcons head coach, took the Falcons to the Super Bowl. And here's what I like about him. He won 10 of his 23 challenges, 10 and 13. Not too bad when it comes down to it. Not Andy Reid-like where he's basically perfect this year, but... Uh, not bad. Um, I know a lot of people are thinking, hire this guy because Russell Wilson will come with him. I still think it's a pipe dream. I, I'm still not saying Rodgers is coming here. <clears throat> I still don't think that Russell Wilson is coming here. And there's going to be another way for this team to end up uh, with a good quarterback, hopefully for next season. But I, again, I don't know about the draw bringing Russell Wilson here. I don't think that's going to really matter with him being hired. He was also on Nick Saban's staff with the Dolphins, by the way. Um, defensive line coach back in 2015 and 16. And he was the architect of the Legion of Boone. And I think the big thing here is that he has a relationship with Peyton and a very close one. And uh, Ian St. Clair, one of my old buddies, he's going to be on the show on Wednesdays with Play Colorado. He's even saying back when Peyton uh, was trying to become a GM, before he landed the gig here, he was trying to package himself with Quinn. So very heavy favorite here, Dan Quinn at plus 150, plus 350 now. Up from plus 600 is Nathaniel Hackett. Did more research on him. Um, his dad, Paul Hackett, if you remember him, longtime uh, coordinator in the league. So he's got a nice little pedigree here. Took Blake Bortles uh, to the championship game in the AFC in 2017. So he's done it with bad quarterbacks. Uh, can he bring Aaron Rodgers to Denver? Meh. Again, I don't think that's a big thing. It seems as though the players love him. They liked Fangio too. But, you know, he has a special kind of connection with some of these players, a good teacher. And I'm going to move him from six to one to three and a half to one as the second favorite now. Kellen Moore stays at plus 400, one of the best offensive minds in the game with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, again, when it comes to Quinn and Kellen Moore, I wonder how much Jerry Jones is going to throw at them monetarily, maybe to make it a little more difficult to come here. But if Quinn gets the head coaching job, like, really? Does he take the money over the actual job? Uh, I'm going to throw Brian Flores in there at 5-1, to one, plus 500. As I record this on Tuesday morning, still no interview set up with him. All we know is that Flores is going to interview for the Bears head coaching job. Um, again, I'm a fan. <clears throat> Great finish of the season after a slow start. Uh, he interviewed here three years ago. He came up as a defensive coach. It was a rebuild there in Miami. They were tanking, trying to maybe win one or two games. They went 5-11 and 11 the first year, 19-14 over the last two years. Some issues in the front office with him. 
well, that's fine. Um, that doesn't bother me. And, and personally, if, if he became available, he would be my guy. Like, that's the guy. I wouldn't bet it right now, but that would be my guy. I just think he's got a, he's got a track record now. He's one of the Belichick disciples, I guess, him and Vrabel that have actually had some success. Let's move Eric Bieniemy to 5-1, to one, okay? Chiefs offensive coordinator. Seems to interview poorly, like I said. Uh, I, but again, I'm a, such a huge fan of this guy because why? Well, the Chiefs started the season off, you know, for that first seven or eight weeks. They were not good offensively. They weren't adjusting to what the defenses were doing, trying to take away the big plays. As the season went on, eh, things got a little bit better, and now they're a lot better. Uh, I'm a big enemy guy, All-American at CU. Players love him. Been passed over the last two years. I hope they really give him uh, a very, very serious shot at this. He's at 5-1. to one. <clears throat> Then we'll move on to some of the guys that are a little bit longer shots. Let's go 10-1, uh, to one, plus 1,000. Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell. Maybe he comes in here and blows everybody away. He's part of the McVay coaching tree with Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor, Brandon Staley. Offensive coordinator in Washington back in 2019. And he, while he doesn't call the plays for the Rams, and I don't think the enemy does either, uh, he did help with the weekly game planning. He works closely with the quarterbacks. And if O'Connell can develop a quarterback, I mean, that would be huge too, right? I mean, if they get Wilson or, or Rodgers, again, I don't think it happens. If they do, it's a lot easier job. But O'Connell at least should be in the mix. That's at plus 1,000. Plus 1,000 for Doug Peterson, too, the Eagles, uh, former Eagles head coach who won a Super Bowl. The thing with Peterson, though, they haven't set up an interview with him as it stands right now. And he might not even get one here. Then we got the, the really long shots. 12 to 1, former Patriots linebacker uh, Jared Mayo. Or Gerard Mayo, excuse me. Uh, inside linebackers coach for the Patriots. Last year, the Eagles interviewed him. Didn't get it. Known for his leadership and a former Patriots team captain. That has to have something there. A uh, little bit of cachet. Aaron Glenn, former cornerback. Very good one with the Jets. I'll put him at 1,202. Got into coaching in 2014. So it's been a while he's been in here. And he's worked his way up. And uh, finally, defensive coordinator for the Lions. Team devoid of talent. Bad stats. But again, Aaron Glenn getting him in here. I'll even go to 15 to 1 on Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, uh, number one in the NFC in points allowed since week eight. 15 years as an assistant, first year as a defensive coordinator. I think he's just getting the interview processes down, just like Mayo, just like Glenn, and just like Kevin O'Connell. Uh, Luke Getze, who's this guy? Well, let's go 1,500 plus 1,500. Getze, Packers quarterback passing game coordinator, 37 year olds. Uh, is this kind of a pack? Hey, if you're going to interview Nathaniel Hackett, maybe you got to get Getzy in there just to give him a little bit of um, experience in that. And then I'll leave Jim Harbaugh up there at plus 2,000. We don't even know if he wants to coach in the NFL again. But hey, if I'm running the sports book, maybe some jabroni will put a couple thousand down on Jim Harbaugh just in case and we can win that money. So again, my, my choice would be Brian Flores similarities between the Dolphins and the Broncos, you know, not a great quarterback situation. Um, big difference is Flores would actually have a run game here, uh, a nice young interior offensive line and an elite defense. So that would be good. 
Um, and the guy was above 500 in a, a dysfunctional organization. Now, would I make that bet? Not right now. He, he has not been granted an interview as of this recording. So I think the best bets would probably be Dan Quinn, because I think he gets this job at plus 150. Still might sprinkle a little bit there. Hackett plus, uh, what did I put him at? 350? Yeah. Yeah, for, from 600 to 350, he's getting a lot of buzz. And I'll, I'll take a shot on Eric Bieniemy at 5-1. to one. Why not? Nick Ferguson, my man, former Bronco, now with the fan, joining me to talk about the Broncos head coaching search next on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Being a homer has its perks at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Every day, Bet Rivers offers a special hometown discount on parlays involving local teams. To get your hometown discount, just open the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app and check the daily specials to place your bet on a unique parlay with hometown teams and players. Then root, root, root for the home team and win together. Bet today on the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. As promised, Nick Ferguson, a former Bronco, a long time uh, in the National Football League. Joining me, he's also a local talk show host as well. And Nick and I have kind of been on the same page uh, on Twitter. You know, you and I have both felt the same way about Fangio for a while now. So first thing, hello. Wonderful to have you back on the pod. And second of all, this was a long time coming, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, salutations. Happy New Year. And yes, this Happy was... This was a long time coming for the Broncos. We were just wondering if it was actually going to come to fruition because for a moment there, we have reports from Ian Rappaport, our local guy, Mike Kliss, and then Adam Schefter came out last week stating that, hey, the Broncos like Vic Fangio. I mean, George Payton likes him, John Elway, and Joe Ellis. Of course they should. They were part of the group that actually hired him. But was he doing the job that he was hired to do? And I... And Adam Schefter's report, and I, and I love Adam, but Adam said that, hey, it was organizational issues and it was a quarterback. So even in the last hour with Vic Fangio, the blame was being put on the shoulders of someone else. And it was said that it was a quarterback issue as to why Vic Fangio uh, kind of stumbled here. But at the same time, I mean, we, we could talk about Vic Fangio's defense and how well they allegedly play and we can get into that even more, but you were not hired to be a DC. Being a good DC got you the interview, but you were supposed to be a head coach. If if, if, George, if George Payton or anyone in that Broncos organization suggested to Vic Fangio, hey, after the Eagles game, we have a bye, right? Week 11, I believe it was. We need to make changes at this point. So had Vic Fangio moved himself away from the play calling duties and let allow Ed Donatelle to do exactly what Ed Donatelle has the title of, which he does not do, is defensive coordinator, fire Tom McMahon and fire Pat Shermer. He would still have his job today, but he didn't do that, and that's why he was fired. Well, Nick, here's the, the next question then. What are the Broncos looking for in their next head coach? Does it have to be an offensive mind? Does it have to be a guy that has prior head coaching experience? There's going to be players that I'm going to go down the list with you or coaches, uh, potential fits. I'll go down with you. But what do you think Peyton is looking for in his next coach? Well, I'll say this. It, most people think that, hey, 
it doesn't have to be a retread. We want to go find some hot, flashy college coach to come in. And after having two defensive coordinators, you think, okay, maybe it's time to have uh, a guy with offensive experience as head coach. You know what? That, that sounds great. But here's the problem with that. Can that OC come in and have someone under him? Because if you're the OC, you need to be the head coach. That was a problem with Vic Fangio. He was trying to wear too many hats. So it's going to be bringing in a guy who has a frame of mind that, hey, I'm bringing in my OC, a guy that's familiar with me, even though I have prior OC experience, and that is something that got me the job. Now, also, you still can run it back with another, you know, defensive coordinator because, you know, Brian Flores was just released by the Miami Dolphins, which I was, I'm thinking it's the dumbest thing the Dolphins have ever done, mm-hmm. right? So, so if you wanted to go in that direction, say, you know, you want to bring in Brian Flores, to me, that would make sense as well because now he can bring in a guy offensively that he is f- familiar with. So, to me, the Broncos have so many options and so many directions that they can go in, but you don't have to say, well, hey, I have to go get a guy from college or I just have to run it back with a guy who's an OC to just kind of change things up. So it kind of reminds me of Brian Billick uh, when he was with the Ravens all those years ago. The guy was one of the best offensive minds in the National Football League. Ends up with one of the top two or three defenses of all time, right? So you're right. It it doesn't have to be one way or the other. So before we get into Flores, because again, I I do understand it. The, The Dolphins are an absolute train wreck. People think that the Broncos are a mess. Go look at some of these organizations. Washington, Miami. There are teams in worse situations although the standard here is a lot higher. But is the Broncos job the most attractive job at this point? I mean, you got the Vikings, who I think are a playoff team. The Bears with Justin Fields. Uh, Dolphins, get rid of them. Jaguars, eh, possibly the Giants, possibly the Texans. Is this the top job on the market? Or is there going to be another team that either has the building blocks in place or may just pay the coach more? Well, there's always the case of paying a guy more money and a guy being willing to take it. But uh, when you're in that situation, holding, you got to think about this. I can take a job with more money, but how long will I actually keep that job, right? I mean, you you Mm -hmm. work so hard to become a head coach, and it takes years and years to get those opportunities. So you want to make sure that you are set up financially, but you're also set up where you can be successful. So when I look at the teams that you've named, I mean, you think of Chicago, I mean, yeah, they have Justin Fields, but other than that, what do they really have? That defense hasn't really been the same as far as offensive weapons. I mean, they don't have a dynamic wide receiver group or even a tight end group. So when you look at the Broncos defensively, the pieces are there. I mean, when you look at what George Payton was able to do this past season, I would say seven of the draft picks that he drafted last year, they played and they contributed. So you come in with an organization that says, hey, They're going to have to find a quarterback, a new owner, right? All of that stuff sounds like, hey, it's going to be that much of a headache, but that's kind of the attraction. That is the lure because you know that you're going to be playing for a new owner who is looking for this organization to go in the right direction. You can be the catalyst of that. You get a chance to go out there and choose your next quarterback, and you have some built-in pieces already. And this is why I think that George Payton decided – to sign Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and not allow them to hit free agency because he wanted to make this team somewhat attractive to the next owner, the next head coach, and the next quarterback they can go out and acquire. So, Nick, let's talk about these 
head coaching candidates. Uh, for me, the number one choice would be Brian Flores. I'm sure every team wants Brian Flores that has a job opening, but uh, let's start with him because I don't think he'd be the favorite. I think Dan Quinn, Kellen Moore would probably be ahead of him. Um, Brian Flores, talk to me here. How good of a fit would he be? I like Brian Flores. Uh, I had a chance to meet him uh, during the Super Bowl event uh, when the Super Bowl was in Miami, Kansas City, facing uh, the San Francisco 49ers, man. A great guy. I mean, he's smart as uh, you know what, especially, I mean, he comes from that Bill Belichick tree, so you know he's smart. And he just beat Belichick twice to book in the season at the beginning and at the end. And then think about that run. They start off one and seven, and they won seven games in a row until they lost the game against Tennessee. So th this is a guy who understands football. He understands both sides of the ball, and he would be a great pickup for the, for the Denver Broncos. And here's the other thing. When, you know, everyone was talking about not firing Vic Fangio because of how witty he was as a defensive coordinator. You bring in Brian Flores, that makes the team that much better. And Flores can go out and find, you know, uh, an offensive coordinator and still be, you know, really competitive. Now, here's another guy I think would definitely work. Brian Dable, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Now, the Bills were not putting up the same numbers this year as they put up in previous years. But here's what he can go out and do based on the fact of success of Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. You go and get Brian Dable, and then you go to Baltimore, and you bring Tyler Huntley into the Broncos organization. Now you have four dynamic quarterbacks in this division, and the game is def definitely changed and involved. No more of that uh, five-step, three-step, you know, drop-back quarterback situation. You need a guy who can put stress on the defense on a perimeter. And watching, you know, Huntley actually play, if you close your eyes and open them, you would swear that that was Lamar Jackson on the center. So that is another direction that George Payton can go. Yeah. Wow. You're, you're bullish on Huntley then. I kind of look at him as another guy. You know, he's going to run around a lot, not very accurate, turn the ball over. Uh, but he has had some really good fantasy <laughs> football numbers, but, you know, that's what they're looking for. It's a lot of running, you know, 73, 54, 72 yards, 45. You know, his floor is like a 40-yard rushing game. So that's fine. We got we got Flores. You brought up Dable. Yeah. And it's going to be tough to interview him, I think, until the bills are bounced, right? So he developed Josh Allen. That's big there. Here's what I love about Flores. He, he won, what, eight and nine with Tua as his quarterback. Yeah. Like, is Tua much, is Tua in the same class as Teddy Bridgewater? Because to me, he is. Like, these are two just completely average, mediocre players. And I think if you just look at the way that Flores succeeded in two years in a very dysfunctional organization where it's tough to succeed, wow, I, I feel like there's a similarity right there with the quarterbacks. He could come in here immediately and get some wins. Well, see, I don't like the idea of comparing uh, Tua to Teddy Bridgewater, two different types of players. And and I think when people look at Tua, especially when Miami was going through that that, that struggle when they were one and seven, everyone pretty much turned on Tua at that particular point. Because when we look at what quarterback stands for in today's game, there's certain high-profile names that come up. We talk about Breeze, Brady, Manning. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen. Those are the type of names that, that come up. But Tua, consider the fact what you just said, 
I mean, when you think about the, the Miami Dolphins, I mean, that organization, it's just been a kind of train wreck down there. And then first Karen Gailey was his offensive coordinator. Then he had to bring in another offensive coordinator. That's a lot for a young guy to kind of take on. But Tua actually decided, hey, listen, I'm going to deal with these struggles and the changing of the coordinators, and I'm going to be a professional. We saw what this Miami Dolphins team looked like when they went after one and seven, they won seven in a row. So there's something to say for, for Tua's talent and ability. And once again, I go back to college football. Tua's a smart guy. You don't play for Nick Saban and you don't win a national championship if you're just some run-of-the-mill guy. It's all about having a quarterback that's competent enough and setting up your scheme around him. I don't think for Tua, the scheme was really, really set up for him. It was like, hey, here's my scheme. You need to go out there and run it. And let's look at all those quarterbacks, even now in today's game, that have had success when the offensive coordinator has said, look, I know what I ran before, but now I'm going to build this offense around you. That's why when you look at Baltimore, Lamar Jackson was so successful because Greg Roman said, look, I ran the same scheme with Colin Kaepernick. I'm going to do the same thing with you. So it's all about having a smart quarterback, but, but a better OC that understands it's not about you. It's about your quarterback and your offense. And if they can't run it, that's a bad look on you, not just a quarterback. So I think to me, if I was handicapping the favorite for this, it would be Dan Quinn. Not because he's the best fit. I think it's just because that's where the reports are gravitating. That's where people think it would be a great fit. Can we talk about him for a sec? Obviously, a great season in Atlanta. Got to the Super Bowl. Should have won the Super Bowl. Didn't. Never, you know, think after that. And, and nobody really, um, or that organization really has never bounced back since then. Did a good job. Great job in Dallas. You know, Dak Prescott's their number one offense in the National Football League. What do you just make of Dan Quinn? Because I think he's the favorite. I am not so sure he is the best fit. Well, I like... Uh... You know, Dan Quinn, I got a chance to do a coaching internship with Seattle and I had a chance to, to be around him and then also ran into him uh, at a couple of Super Bowls. A real nice guy. Once again, another smart uh, defensive mind. But think about it this way, right? Dan Quinn is a smart guy. He understands he had a chance with the Atlanta Falcons. That didn't work out. Obviously, they went to the Super Bowl, but that still wasn't good enough for Arthur Blank. So now he's in a good situation with the Dallas Cowboys where he has some great defensive pieces. So why would he leave that to come to Denver or anywhere else? I mean, you could say, well, the money is there. The money's always going to be there, right? So the money's only going to grow if he stays with Dallas. And knowing Jerry Jones and the way that he works and he operates, there's no way he's going to allow Dan Quinn to leave that building. He may make Dan Quinn the highest paid defensive coordinator in the NFL just to keep that defense intact. So I know all the reports are kind of uh, pointing fingers towards Dan Quinn because there is some kind of a past relationship between he and um, George Payton. But why would you ask yourself, why would you leave Dallas knowing as though you have a great defense? You're in a division where now with your defense, you can be tops every single year. And then you know Jerry's going to open his wallet and pay you just like you're a head coach. So why even leave? So is Dable your guy? And if it's not, who is your guy? And who do you think that they'll hire? So two different questions. Who's your guy? And who do you think will end up the head coach here? 
One guy I'm thinking about isn't even on the list, and no one's been talking about, and that's Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien has gone. Oh. I, 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 I know as crazy as it sounds, but think, think about what, what, what some people in Broncos country want. They don't want the same defensive coordinator, another defensive coordinator coming in. So if you're thinking, hey, an offensive coordinator, look at Bill O'Brien. I mean, he's going to bring a certain type of culture and maybe a certain type of level of accountability that we haven't had around here in a while. But also, you, you, you're with the Patriots. You go to Houston. Now you're playing, you're coaching, you're the offensive coordinator for Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide, and they're back in the national championship game. That, you, that, that has to really reflect on something. Now, he may not be the lead dog for the Denver Broncos, but that's definitely a guy I would think of because he knows the pro game and then now jumping back in college, and then he's working with Bryce Young, a young quarterback. So now if the Broncos decided they didn't want to go the veteran route, they wanted to go back into the draft, they're at number nine, they can move up or move down, and they can go get a young quarterback. At least you know this fresh, hot, young offensive coordinators that all everyone's already always thirsty for, he can definitely be that guy. But will the Broncos be as bullish to go in that direction? I don't know. All right, my friend. Uh, terrific work. I uh, love catching you on the radio, too. You know I listen. I hit you up from time to time when I'm listening to your segments. Uh, I'm just going to say this, and I'll leave it with this. Bill O'Brien, horrible move. Um, completely detonated the Texas franchise, okay? Well, well, hold on, hold on. Hold <laughs> I'll on, say hold that. On. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's, under, let's rewind that for just a second now. The reason that was as terrible as it was was because Bill O'Brien felt as though he didn't get an opportunity to pick his quarterback. The GM at the time, Rick, Spil Rick McSmith, decided that, hey, he fell in love with, with uh, Brock Osweiler, and he brought Brock Osweiler there, signed him, and then really go over the detail with Bill O'Brien. That's why that ended up being so catastrophic. It wasn't because Bill wasn't a, a great coach, right? And then you got to think about the pieces he was – operating with uh, with the Texans. So, you know, you get the right quarterback, the right pieces, it could be a different story here. Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, and co complete failure in the postseason. You know what's interesting, though? I think he, if you just take the GM hat away from him, maybe you'll have more success. Because that, that DeAndre Hopkins, I know – that Nuck has been <clears throat> has been a bit injured, but boy, right. what a horrible deal that was! But, and basically deflated his whole organization. They just wanted him gone after that. So. But, but but that's the problem. As, as these coaches come in, you can't give them both the head coaching job and the GM job. We've seen guys do it in the past, and it never works out. So you're right. If you take the GM job away from him, now is a whole different story because we know he's a creative mind from an offensive standpoint. All right, my friend, great stuff. Uh, how can they follow you on social media and uh, get a taste of some more of your thoughts on the Broncos coming up here this offseason? Well, you can always find me 6 to 9 p.m. every night on 104.3, the fan here in Denver. Also follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter, Nick Ferguson underscore 25. You're awesome, man. Nick, thank you so much for hopping on the show once again. I'll come back, some more thoughts on the Broncos head coaching search. And we're going to talk a little NFL playoffs. The line's there next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.
Bet River Sportsbook wants you to be in control of your football bets. That's why players love the same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Same game parlays let you mix and match player props and game bets and gives a payout boost to the winning combinations you want to root for. Combine two bets or combine many. You pick your confidence level and then watch the game unfold. Bet on same game parlays at Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today. Must be 21 and located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 4700. Hey, thanks to Nick Ferguson for hopping on. Final segment here. We're going to be talking a lot more basketball. We'll be incorporating some Avalanche as well. So we're going to do NBA, especially with the Nuggets. We're going to keep doing some big sky betting. We're going to keep doing some Mountain West betting. Uh, and of course, my Kansas Jayhawks. But uh, tonight, we have a Nuggets. Clippers game, okay? And I'm not even going to bother with the side in this game. I, I, I don't think it's, it's just not worth it. I don't have a good read on the side. What I do have a read on is the total at 213, 213 and a half. So Denver, and this is why I'm not even going with the spread. First of all, a lot of key players out. Denver, not good against the spread, 16, 21 and one. The Clippers, 17, 23 and one. I'm not seeing any, any good trends there. Nuggets have won two in a row. Great news. They play slow. We know this. Uh, just 96.7 possessions per game. Maybe a lot of that has to do with Jokic having to carry the load. Um, 96.7 possessions per 48 minutes, of course. That's 24th in the league. Uh, the Clippers aren't really uh, going crazy either. They have the fourth worst offensive rating out there. 106.4 points per 100 possessions. That's not good. Uh, so two slower paces here. Or one slower pace, one bad offensive rating. Paul George out, Hartenstein. Eh, kind of don't love that for the total. He's a big uh, defensive guy. And no Justice Winslow. So they've been relying on Marcus Morris for the most part. He's been aggressive. Uh, Reggie Jackson uh, is another guy that kind of uh, penetrates. But there's no Paul George. And that's huge. You know, because the team is running a lot of sets through Reggie Jackson right now. And that to me, not good for their offense. Uh, they need better efficiency, especially out of Jackson. The Clippers are limited with offensive options. I mean, let's talk about the Nuggets though. It's Jokic, 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 one, two, three, uh, Barton and Morris and Samaran Gordon. So at least there's a couple of guys that can help Jokic out a little bit. Whereas it's bare bones minimum for the Clippers right now. Uh, boy, here we go. Uh, both teams, 9-1 and one to the under in their last 10 head-to-head -head games, including an under 211.5 on December 26th. So, the official play here on the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers, under 213.5, good to under 212.5. And, and that is today's play on the Denver CityCast. Thanks again to Nick Ferguson for hopping on the show on Wednesday's show. Ian St. Clair, Play Colorado. Nate Kreckman from Altitude 92.5. Nate and I will be going through some college basketball um, uh, lines. I think we're going to maybe make a bet there. And then, uh, obviously, the Broncos, the Broncos coaching search, who comes back, who doesn't come back. Thank you very much for tuning in today. I appreciate it. Tell a friend if you can. That would be great too. Holden with Vison, Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. We'll be back tomorrow. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 